Hello, welcome back to Being Black with Camille Smith. Today we are welcoming India Arinchoy. India is actually a PhD candidate at the University of Delaware studying biomedical engineering. While she's not conducting her research on treating bacterial vaginosis during pregnancy, she creates content for first-generation and minority students attending and navigating STEM graduate school or programs. And in her spare time, she loves going to the beach because she is a Jersey girl and doing yoga, playing sports, and reading. I'm super excited to talk to her because she actually reached out to me on my Instagram after seeing something that I posted about my YouTube channel and my podcast. And ideally, this is kind of what I want to happen. I want to be able to have conversations with people that I don't necessarily know immediately or I knew through school and, you know, highlight their stories. So I'm super excited to have India on. And without further ado, India, what does being Black mean to you? Um, yeah, so first, I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, but I've kind of struggled with this question. So being Black to me means um, being your unapologetic self um, in, in all forms um, and everywhere you go. Um, it's especially finding joy in the things that, and in dark times, um, we have a great way of doing that. <laughs> and then also just being creative um, with whatever circumstances that you're given. I feel like we can make so much out of nothing. And although that's you know not a great thing to brag about, it is something to be proud of. And um, that's really like what I, what I relate to is my blackness. And then do you actually have a concrete memory, like your first, the first time that you found out that you were black? Um, I, I can't remember the first time when I realized I was black, but I do remember when I realized that I was a minority. Um, so when I was in elementary school, I um, tested into this like specialized program um, in my, my township and it was called Gifted and Talented. And it was basically like a, an honors program for elementary kids. Um, so I was in that program and I would be like um, in a, a normal classroom with you know everyone. And at a certain time of day, I would leave that classroom and go with other students to another classroom. We would um, learn like different books. We had like math classes and we did mm -hmm just a completely different curriculum than the other students. Um, and I remember one of my friends, she wasn't in the GT program, but she was still my friend, like in, you know, regular, regular classes. And one time I was at her house and um, she told her mom, like, I want to be in the classroom with the white kids. And I knew I wasn't white. So I was like, well, why am I in that classroom? And it like made me kind of like think like, there are mostly white people in that, in that classroom and white kids and that there weren't a lot of students that looked like me in that classroom. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that was the first moment that I realized that I was different um, and that I was, I was in that like minority category. Mm -hmm. And then how was it growing up in your area? Yeah, so my hometown is actually majority um, Hispanic and Latino. Um, I actually looked at the statistics earlier. So uh, we were a majority, like 45% Hispanic and then like 30% black and then like 10% white and the rest other, which is like so unheard of. I mean, like compared to where I am now. Um, so my friend group growing up was so diverse. We would bring like our cultural foods to lunch, to like different events. Um, to like pasta parties for like sports games and stuff and just like swap foods and it was so great and that was like my favorite part I love Hispanic Heritage Month like that's my favorite month but <laughs> um, growing up like I had such a diverse group of friends and then when I got to college it was less diverse but there were still I still had a friend group like a, um, a black community um, so I was the only black person in my undergrad but um, in my major and I was one of two black 
girls on my field hockey team. I played collegiate field hockey, um, but I made friends with other athletes, um, mm-hmm. a lot of who were black. So I still had that community where I could, I had a diverse group of friends. And then now that I'm in grad school, I am like the only black person that I see sometimes. Um, and it's completely different. I even looked up the demographics for my school now and it's 75% white, which is a huge difference compared to the 10% white that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a culture shock and not kind of, it was a culture shock um, when, I, when I did go into grad school and, and going into some of the rooms that I enter now. Mm-hmm. And then do you have any advice for your younger self? Oh, gosh. (laughs) I would tell my younger self to stop trying to fit in. Being different is a flex. And I feel like, you know, everyone goes through that phase where they, like, want to be like their friends. They want to do what's cool. And I tried that for so long. It was so painful. But, I mean, now I'm so happy that I stopped doing that. And I'm just being who I am and enjoying it. So, yeah. (laughs) definitely definitely relate to that I feel like I've definitely touched on that and other guests have touched on that um being different is a blessing um so really happy that that was your advice to yourself that's it that's our advice to everybody yes (laughs) um so I'm super excited to talk to you because um as people that are watching know I'm a chemical engineer so to see another black woman being a PhD candidate was so cool. Um, that's really the only way that I could describe it. So today we're going to be talking about being black in engineering. Um, and I'm, I, again, I love these conversations because I feel like when I went to undergrad, I graduated in May, there were four of us in the chemical engineering program. Um, and then just like in your class or like in, yeah, in my, there was, well, if we don't talk about that. So in my, (laughs) there's four people or there was four people two girls, myself included, and two guys. Um, and then the year below us, there's only one black girl. Um, and I stay in contact with her now because like before, like she would come to the library, like talk to us, like it was like cool, but like now she's kind of by herself, you know, navigating everything. Um, so I still talk to her and I actually hope to talk to her on this uh, show eventually. But um, to see you was just really cool because I think something that kind of propelled me through my journey was like, all right, like I don't have representation. So I'm going to try and be that representation for someone behind me. So then to meet someone that is a PhD candidate and is a black woman is like, what? This is so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just, I just. It's so crazy. I mean, I can feel for the the woman that you're talking about um, because that was me, like all Mm -hmm. of all of college, I was the only black student, including faculty. Um, I didn't know many people younger than me, um, mm-hmm. but the at the time that I was going through my program, um, I only knew one other black student in just like the engineering school. Um, and he was a guy and he was a Mechie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had very few in common, be, like we didn't like study together, you know, we weren't taking the same classes, but just like to see at least one other person in the entire building was like, okay, you know, like I got somebody just like yeah. someone to actually talk to. Um, but I mean, that's exactly why I like started my platform because I wasn't seeing anyone in undergrad. I don't really see anyone in grad school, but it wasn't until that I started 
Instagram that I started to like actually meet other Black women in mm-hmm. STEM, um, which is such a liberating experience. Like it is um, to just like find a community and have a community somewhere is so much better than not having a community at all. Yeah, and I'm just recently tapping into the engineering, like the woman engineering community. Um, I think we actually both follow, like there's like multiple different, um, like larger platforms for women in engineering, but um, there's one like woman who engineer and then there's like engineering gals and like just seeing it, like seeing people um, post about it, seeing like content creators like yourself, like just posting about like things that I really, really relate to was just, again, a very, very cool thing and being able to now find more black women that are in, in engineering, even though they might be the only person in their class now, like kind of tapping into that community is really cool. So like, how do you think being black has affected your engineering journey? Oh yeah, um, I think it has affected it throughout, but um, just like in hindsight, I think it mostly affected it in the transition from um, college to grad school. Um, but also a little bit throughout college too. So like I said, I was the only black person, but um, I didn't have the same, just like exposure to engineering in mm-hmm. high school as some of my like classmates had. So that kind of like set me back a little bit. Um, I didn't really have a community to like fall back on. Um, my mm-hmm. community was my, my field hockey team and my teammates. Um, and at the time, no one was an engineer. So it was just like, you know, my friends are just like, you know, telling me, you got this, you can do this, uh, which is great. But, you know, like you kind of want someone in your major to like be going, going with you through it. Um, and then I think from being the only black person um, and being a first generation student um, and being a collegiate athlete, there was just so much pressure from all ends to not be lazy, not be dumb, not be like the angry black woman, like, every day there was something new and like a a new challenge um but I think when I transferred or I guess transitioned from college to graduate school um graduate school itself is just an isolating environment um like the the process isn't quite the same as college um so went from being around my roommates all the time to like you know being by myself and you know running my own research and things like that but also not really having a um, community, like I said, to kind of fall back on and just like relax with and um, talk about things like other than science, just like the the social interactions that like get you through the day, you know, there was very few of, uh, very little of that early on. Um, and it, it definitely affected me. I, one point, or there have been several times where I've considered like, should I continue here? Um, and I think so many black students especially um, go through that where they're like, is this really right for me? If I don't have a community, I'm probably not doing like all that well or the transition is hard. Um, Mm -hmm. The content or the curriculum is hard. So like, you know, should I really stay through this? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's affected me in more ways than I can really lay out, but um, has also made me so resilient in that like, I went through this process pretty much alone. Like, I mean, I had my village. I had people behind me the whole way and you really do need a village for this. Um, but to not like have like a, like there wasn't anyone else in my class that was black, right? So it was just like, I have to figure out all these things and then, you know, I have to go back and explain it to my family and like why I want to do this and how this is going to help my career and like all of those things. And just to have someone to like relate to um, would have definitely helped. 
but now with my platform I'm like I'm I really like you said I'm trying to be the representation that I didn't have and let's be the role model that I didn't have you know growing up mm-hmm. and I think it's really important that you mentioned like grad school is very isolating and of course like I personally haven't gone through it but I think at least going through undergrad like I feel like grad programs and getting your PhD is like almost like very romanticized it's like yeah like this is like the next level like this is what you do like if you're a PhD um even if like you're like a PE like that's like like you know what you need to do and like da da but like they never talk about how like it, it takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of time, you know, to do those things, even like going to the application process, which hopefully I can um, ask you a little bit about that too. Like going through the application process, having to study, having to do your research. Um, and like, even like I considered, and I'm still considering going to grad school, but like missing out potentially on like life events because you have to study or like you have to do certain things. Like that's, those are things that people don't really, really talk to you about. Mm-hmm. That's why, um, for any student, but specifically Black students, if you don't have, you know, that representation within your class, or if you don't have a community to fall back on, it's very easy to be like, yeah, like, is this for me? Even going through undergrad, I, like, I thought about, like, like, why, okay, why am I doing this? You know, like, I'm constantly stressed out all the time. I, you also mentioned, too, like, I didn't have a single Black professor, not even just in the engineering school, but, like, in, like, at all, not once, none. Mm. now once <laughs> I had a chemistry professor so <laughs> organic chem <laughs> really that's kind of cool yeah yeah that's why I picked her to be honest so yeah <laughs> like no no not even like not even again just black and I think it's also unfortunate that like going through undergrad it was like I just want a person of color like they don't even have to be a black person I just want somebody you know I want somebody to be to look at them like oh they don't look like me but they they kind of do I don't know um, <laughs> I didn't have that either so I think it's really easy for black students to kind of look around and be like okay like they you either have to really double down and like get through those lonely periods of time by yourself which is not easy at all um or you do think about changing your major and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that I have friends that did both of those things that chose like hey like this isn't for me like my teachers don't really support me I want to try and do something else that is you know better for me or like taps into my interests more and I kind of stayed and was like, oh, well, like, I don't want to give up, but this, like, is it, this is the worst. (laughs) Yeah, you kind of give yourself, like, this ultimatum, like, oh, well, you know, if I do this, or I I guess not really an ultimatum, but more of, like, put this pressure on yourself, like, if I don't do this, I'm failing, you know, my family or my community or my hometown or who, you know, the people coming after me, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also, like, I am hurting myself sometimes by being here like some of the pressure that I'm putting on myself is like is not helpful at all (laughs) so um and I think that's where a community like kind of introduces that like level-headedness and be like you you can do this Mm -hmm. okay people have done this before you are going to do it too Mm -hmm. and it's going to be okay like you just need that like outside like influence to be like it's just take a breath it'll be okay (laughs) (laughs) but no I definitely felt that um it's so sad that it's so common it really is and I I talk about her but like Maya was again the only other black girl in my class and like the the amount of conversations that we've had like oh like 
all right, well, I can't drop out because if I drop off, then like Maya's gonna be by herself and like vice versa. Oh, like if I drop out, Camille's gonna be by herself. Like, okay, so we can't drop out. Like we can't drop out. <laughs> we have to keep going or in a more positive way, like, okay, like if Maya's gonna do this, like I'm gonna do it too and vice versa and like trying to, you know, lean on one another. But everybody doesn't have that, at least one person to kind of like bounce back and forth on and like lean on. So I really appreciate you mentioning that because I do think it's really important for, Black students that are considering engineering to know. Um, but I do really want to ask about the application process. Like, how was the application process different from applying to undergrad versus applying to graduate school? Yeah. Um, so I think the main difference is um, that you're applying for an advisor or like a, a project or like a, an interest, right? So in undergrad, you're like, I want to do this major. Um, and they give you the curriculum and all the classes and they're like, all right, if you can handle these classes, then you can be in the major. Um, but in grad school, it's like, I have um, this past experience, but I want to start to explore this like research focus. So mm -hmm. that could be, you know, orthopedics or drug delivery or devices or something. Um, and instead of looking at the title of the program, you're instead looking at the advisor um, and what kind of projects they run um, and what are their research interests. Um, so it's a different way to define your program. Um, and I think a lot of people get caught off guard with that because if you were, let's say you're interested in like cancer research, that could fall under a biology program. It could fall under biomedical engineering. It could fall under chemical engineering. Um, so you really have to look for what are you interested in and what do you want to get out of grad school? Like, what do you want your, your skills to be used for, um, you know, by the time you're done? Mm -hmm. So then how did you go about finding your current advisor? Yeah, so I, um, it's a funny story. I didn't know my school actually existed when I was applying for grad school. <laughs> so um, I originally wanted to do um, drug delivery for cancer research, um, cancer applications. Um, and the reason why I told myself I need to apply to grad school or go to grad school is because I didn't think I had enough experience, um, mm -hmm. which it's kind of ridiculous now that I think about it, but, <laughs> but um, I did my undergrad research in like orthopedics um, and I really wanted to get into the drug delivery field, but I didn't feel like I was, you know, well-equipped for it um, mm -hmm. because I didn't have any research experience in drug delivery. So I was like, why do I go do a master's program somewhere for two years? Mm -hmm. um, so I told my advisor this, I was like, you know, I want to apply for all these programs. And I like did my research on um, just basically cancer drug delivery were, was mm -hmm. like the keywords that I used, which could be anything. But mm -hmm. um, I decided on schools from that point. And she was actually the one who told me like, um, you have to pay for a master's program, but you don't have to pay for a PhD program. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And she was like, so they will cover your tuition and give you a stipend if you just apply for the PhD program instead. And I was like, oh, well, what if I don't want to get a PhD? And she's like, well, you can just leave with your master's. And I was like, uh-huh. Right. So I changed all of my applications after that point to PhD programs. Mm -hmm. um, I sent out my applications my senior year, um, my fall senior year, which, by the way, I didn't even decide I wanted to go to grad school until the summer before my senior year, which is very late compared to most 
people that are actually in grad school. Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of like a hasty last minute decision, but I pulled it together the summer before senior year, um, completed my application, sent them out. And then I went to a conference. Um, it was a CMBE, Cellular Molecular Bioengineering Conference um, over winter break. And I was presenting my research. I was apparently the only undergrad there, which I didn't know. Um, I didn't know until the end of the conference, but um, I very quickly realized that I needed to put myself out there to make this conference worthwhile, right? So um, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know the field. Again, I'm an undergrad. Um, I went to the conference and I was eating lunch with who is now my um, department head. Um, and I just made conversation with her and I was like, hey, I'm India. Um, you know, I'm an undergrad and I'm looking for graduate school. And I was just like curious what you think, um, you know, graduate, uh, grad schools look for, you know, when they're um, going through their applications. Um, so we started talking and she was like, you know, what are, what are your interests, like your research interests? And I was like drug delivery, um, but more specifically for breast cancer. And I remember her eyes like lit up and she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, you know, my department has a lab that studies that. And I was like, okay. And she's like, yeah, the advisor is here. So if you want to come to dinner tonight, you know, you can meet everyone. And I was like, um, okay, yeah, I'll go to dinner. Mind you, it was a, it was a gala, <laughs> which I've never been to. <laughs> so I was like really nervous, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to go and see what happens. Um, so I went to the dinner I met like, you know, a bunch of other graduate students and they also like gave me advice on like what to look for in a lab and, mm -hmm. um, you know, like types of questions you should ask when you're visiting and like different things that, you know, I should like know and pay attention to um, in the next couple months. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the dinner, I was like, you know, it's now or never. You're either going to talk to them or you're not. <laughs> so I went up to the department head and, you know, talked to her and she introduced me to who are now my advisors. I have two advisors. Um, and they talked to me and they were like, you know, you should think about, like, you should send your application to us. Um, the deadline has passed, but we'll accept your application and just come visit our school and, and see if you like it. And I was like, well, okay, I'm not doing anything else. Like, <laughs> um, so it, it was really like a, a chance, like encounter. Right. But, um, once I actually visited the school, it was my first visit. Um, out of out of all the other visits that I went to, and I didn't know what to expect, um, but it was very welcoming, and everyone was nice and like casual and um, just like open. Because I, again, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do for research, but they were like, "We have different, you know, research projects that you could work on and kind of like you know fill out." Um, and then every school I went to after that didn't really match up to UD. Um, mm -hmm. So at that point, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna." heavily consider University of Delaware. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, my, my process is very abstract, I think, compared to most people, um, especially since I didn't really do my research that early. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really do my research at all to really end up at the school that I am at now. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't just, you know, on a whim decide I want to go to grad school because it happens to, even though it's rare, it still does happen and it happened to me. That's such a cool story. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Anything can happen, everyone. Anything can happen. That's just cool. I feel like 
Now, granted, my story is not nearly as cool, but even with Villanova, I didn't, like, I live an hour away from the school, but, like, growing up, I knew, I had a dream school. It's still my dream school. I really want to go to University of Pennsylvania. Um, Now it would have to be for, like, my graduate degree, but, um, yeah, I really wanted to go to Penn, and, like, that was kind of it. Like, I didn't really, like, look into other schools, and it wasn't until, like, a friend of a friend texted me my senior year I think I was already because I applied regular everywhere senior year of college and was like hey like there's like um a a presidential scholar program like I think like you'd be a really good applicant for it and I was like okay like what school and like they said Villanova and I was like okay like what does that mean because like I went to public school my whole life so like a lot of other people here and it's like oh like Catholic private school like ooh, like that's awesome but like to me I was like what like what do they do what's the big deal (laughs) (laughs) so I like researched it and then the presidential scholarship was like full tuition full room board like they paid they basically paid you to go there so I was like oh yeah cool I'll apply like whatever so I sent in my application I ended up getting to the second round I ended up not getting it and I was like oh okay like I didn't know what Villanova was before (laughs) so that's fine um and then I ended up getting accepted and like got my financial aid package and like the merit package. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. Maybe I should consider going here. Hmm. Um, And I didn't even visit. Like my first day of school, my first day going there was the first day of school, like move in. And I was like, well, like they're they're paying me. So I'm going to love it. (laughs) I'm going to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) And met really good people. But I, I do think it's cool to have like, not random experiences, but like, I don't know, things do work out sometimes. You don't necessarily have to plan everything. Um, but of course, you know, you had to be a good student before that to like be set up to- Right, you know, right. There's a little bit of planning, but like, it's still, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things too that was um, different about my application is that I didn't have as much um, research experience as like most graduate students. Mm-hmm. So I started doing research when I was a junior Um, which a lot of people that I know that are in graduate school now started when they were freshmen. So, you know, they had like um, the REU or um, like the research opportunities and internships. Um, And I had internships, but I didn't have it in the, um, in just research at all, really. Um, So, I think that's a, a one another thing that people kind of get set back by is that like, oh, I don't have enough research experience. Like, mm-hmm. no, you can find a place that will accept you. Your skills mm-hmm. are still applicable to, you know, other, like uh, so many um, programs and, and schools. So um, that, I think that was another thing that's kind of like lucky. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you've only been doing research for a year. How did you get into grad school? Like. Mm-hmm. Well, I really maximized that conference interaction um, and like all my poster presentations um, and try to make the most out of those, the ones that I did have, so. Yeah, I definitely don't think, like, well, when I was going through undergrad, like I also had internships, but I was really interested in research. I I love being in lab um, and I've always been like a very hands-on learner. So like everyone hates like, chem lab and orgo lab like that was when I actually learned what we were talking about um but a lot of those research internships like they don't pay you or they have like a one-time stipend so I feel like that can also be at least for me personally like that was kind of a deterrent for me because I had to work um during the summers to 
uh, pay for books or like pay for certain things uh, in my household, like things like that. So I feel like that can be kind of a deterrent. But um, like you said, you don't actually need to have a research internship every single summer for like the, your plans to work out. Um, so do you have any advice for Black women specifically that are considering doing engineering or considering, you know, doing grad school? Um, hmm. I would advise um, Black women to find a community if, if they are interested in Black engineers or becoming mm -hmm. an engineer or just in graduate school, like you need to find a community and that should be your first priority. Right. So everyone's like, oh, I need to learn the science. I need to learn the skills. I need to learn the techniques. You need to find a place that you can thrive and people that you can thrive with. And community is so important for that. Um, because I didn't really start to do that until I got comfortable, quote unquote, <laughs> with the science. Um, and by that point, I felt like I like there was like no hope because I'm like, you know, I'm already so deep into this research that if mm -hmm. I can't find people to like, you know, hang out with or something that it's not going to be worthwhile. Mm -hmm. um, so I would definitely invite you to do that. Um, and there are so many, even like on the online community, there are so many organizations and groups that are built to facilitate those connections. Like I just spent so much time, so much wasted time on Instagram in college when I could have been finding like other black women to connect with the entire time. Like it's all over Instagram, it's all over Twitter. It's even on TikTok, like there it's out there. You just have to find it. And I, yeah, I think I spent so much time worried about who's wearing what on Instagram that I just like didn't even think about, you know, finding other black women engineers. <laughs> but I mean, they exist, they do. And you just have to find them and, and connect, you know, put yourself out there and, and just, you know, introduce yourself. Like, it's not that, sliding people's DMs is really not that weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as long as it's like not, you know, not weird. Yeah, as you, I mean, you can't be like weird. You just be friendly. <laughs> um, and is there anything else that you want the viewers to know? You can also plug your Instagram right now if you want to. Oh yeah, so, um, well, I have, so I have my Instagram, but I also have a blog um, that talks about how to get into grad school, how to like um, make your application um, and to, you know, work on different parts of your application. Um, but also if you're already in graduate school, how to get through it, um, because this is a journey. <laughs> um, but I think my one tidbit of advice, if, hmm, my one piece of advice actually would be to, not limit yourself to only science. So I think um, a lot of people tend to focus on that one thing. Um, at least when I was growing up, the narrative was always, you know, if you're doing something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Um, I feel like that's a huge lie. <laughs> because I mean, even if you are doing something that you're passionate about, there will be one, at least one task that is tied to it that you will not like doing whether that is paperwork or like, I don't know, any kind of housekeeping stuff, there's always gonna be something that you don't like to do and you're gonna get tired of it. Mm -hmm. So I would actually encourage people to find something else that you're interested in and not only limit yourself to, to just science, like do other things. You can be a scientist and a chef and a fashionista and a dancer, you know, do other things and, you know, you can prioritize your, your time, however you see fit, but 
um, science isn't the only way. You can do other things and still be a scientist. I like that. Uh, I'm definitely tapping into that myself because I do think that I've always wanted to, you know, make a YouTube and have a podcast and um, talk about skincare and hair care and all that stuff. But I feel like during engineering, I kind of made the excuse like, oh, like, I don't have enough time to do it. Um, so I'm definitely taking that advice. And I hope that anyone that's watching takes that advice as well. I am so happy that I got to talk to you. Um, I love this. This was great. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so important because I get like, I, I just genuinely feel that representation is so important. Um, even if no one that watches this benefits from it, I benefited from it. And I know that when Good. I eventually pursue my graduate degree, I have someone I can talk to about it. I have a blog that I can read and Instagram to go to. And that means the world to me. So thank you for coming on and talking to me. I really appreciate it. Yes, thanks for having me. This was fun. <laughs> Let's talk about something else next time. <laughs> no, please. Again, I'm going to have multiple people come back on. So I would love to have you on again. And for those watching, thank you for watching and tune in next week for another Being Black video. Bye.